1: Hi, I'm Keegan, and I'm Madigan, and you're listening to
0: Your, Your Angry, Angry Neighborhood, Neighborhood feminist. feminist.
1: This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives, and this week is a long-distance mini-episode yep. while Madigan is on vacation. Yep, living it up
0: here in Minnesota. How is <laughs> Minnesota? It's good. It's a little on the cool side, and I didn't pack accordingly, but it's fine. Well, because it shouldn't be.
1: If you're in L.A., (laughs) it's it's still like 90 degrees here.
0: Yeah, it's like it was in the mid-70s today. They said that it was to the low 80s, but it still felt pretty cool. But it's nice. It's a nice change of pace, too, so
1: yeah um here in LA the pod closet was so hot that I'm recording in the dining room so if it sounds a little echoey or if you hear
0: cat shenanigans that would be why yeah (laughs) but we can only do what we can just to uh give you all that content you so crave Madigan I feel like I haven't talked to you in so long Keegan you have no idea how much I've missed you it
1: has been a crazy couple of weeks. I It doesn't know. even, f- I was gone for an entire week on a boat and it doesn't even really feel like it. It's the weirdest thing. Like as yeah. soon as you get back to your regular routine, it's just like nothing ever happened. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I just want to hold you in my arms so badly. Oh, soon. Soon. <laughs> so the only thing that really changed for me is that now I'm a rum drinker because I was just on a cruise and oh that's what God. you do.
0: Keegan, I'm a beer drinker now. Oh
1: my! I
0: know that's who a big I? change. I know who that's am a big change I? in a very short period of time. I know. I just haven't tried beer really in years, and I went to like a baseball game, and that's what you do—you drink beer. And I was, and then, that's very true. Yeah, and people here go to breweries all the time, so I went to a brewery, and I was like, "This shit is good." I had beer when
1: I was in Cabo because it was like the cheapest thing you could do. You could get yeah. like six beers, like a bucket of six beers for like. Eight bucks or something.
0: <laughs> a bucket, I love it.
1: A bucket of beers. Bucket of beers. But right now, I'm drinking a frozen pina colada Ooh. as we record because I'm having beach vibes. I was just gonna say, are you having withdrawal? I'm having like hello withdrawal. Yeah, <laughs> hello withdrawal. Okay, but I mean only from like rum yeah. beverages because I'm not having withdrawal from cruise food because I ate so goddamn much. That I am now, I've been keto for the last three days. Yeah. Because
0: I've been like... I do that whenever I like have a bunch of junk food or like don't eat very well. And then I'm I like... felt terrible. I just
1: want green beans and salads. I know. And <laughs> yeah. I had salad for like two days
0: straight because your, I was just like... Your body's like, like I, begging you.
1: Yeah. It's like stop eating steak for every single
0: meal. That's not necessary. amazing.
1: Steak and soft serve is what I survived on, on oh. that boat.
0: Wow. It was good. It was a good life, but my body did suffer. Oh, my (laughs) God. Oh, my God. All right. Well, should we just kind of get right into it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I really only have one thing. (laughs) Me too. But I have, well, I kind of have two. I have one thing that um, is more serious, I guess, and then another thing that is very positive. I don't have anything that I feel
1: like falls on either side of the aisle. It's just the main thing that's in the news right now. So, talk to me I feel about like we it. To talk about it, you go first. Okay, so the biggest thing that happened, and it happened yesterday, mm-hmm. um, both Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort. Who Michael Cohen is Trump's attorney mm-hmm. slash fixer upper guy. Yeah, and um, Paul Manafort, who is a incredibly seedy and disgusting human being. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to the podcast Behind the Bastards, which I always recommend. They have a two parter on Paul Manafort. And if you think he's shitty, he's way more shitty than you I think he is. So, to that. yeah, I mean, some episodes are better than others. And those two episodes are, they can be dry in places, but it's good information to know yeah. about like this guy is a piece of shit. And I don't right. feel bad at all that he is going away for a little while. And he's not even going away for the worst shit. Like, he's going away for federal tax and bank fraud. But you might know of Paul Manafort because he was the campaign chairman for Donald Trump. Yeah. So that's how people would know him as of late. But like I said, his work with Donald Trump is probably actually the least shitty stuff that he's done professionally, which is really saying something. Yeah. So I guess we'll start with Paul Manafort. A federal jury yesterday found, or I guess Tuesday, found Donald Trump's former campaign chairman Paul Manafort guilty on 8 of the 18 charges he faced in his tax and bank fraud trial. Awesome. Speaking on Tuesday evening in Charleston, West Virginia, Trump said Manafort was a "quote unquote good man. It doesn't involve me, but I still feel, you know, it's a very sad thing that happened. This I still has, feel no- you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, and I
1: love this. Okay. So he says that, you know, it's a really sad thing that happened. And then immediately, because our president can't stay focused for longer than five seconds. He says, this has nothing to do with Russian collusion. This is a witch hunt and a disgrace, Uh, which is just like, dude, stop bringing it up. I know. Like, do you know know how guilty that makes you look whenever you're the one who brings it up constantly? Like, no one was talking about that right now. (laughs) You brought it up. Yeah. Oh, my God. This verdict makes it absolutely clear that the Mueller probe is not a witch hunt. It is a serious investigation that is rooting out corruption and Russian influence in our political system at the highest levels, which I think people are kind of looking at this and seeing it as a huge win, which it is, because it's the first time that we're seeing two people very close to Trump. Some sort of thing happen. Yeah. Two people who are very, very close to Trump are being, are criminals, are actually convicted criminals. But as Lindsey Graham pointed out, he said, the American legal system is working its will in both the Paul Manafort and Michael Cohen cases. Thus far, there have yet to be any charges or convictions for colluding with the Russian government by any member of the Trump campaign in the 2016 election. So that is something that we really need to keep in mind, that although this looks really good, and if you had told me at the beginning of the Trump presidency when I was still all like really, really riled up and ready. Yeah. I would be super excited right now. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. I don't think I will be excited until I see Trump actually going down for something. Because right now. He's
0: still pretty safe.
1: He's still pretty safe. I mean, if anything, I would say that the Michael Cohen situation has Trump in more hot water than the Paul Manafort mm-hmm. situation. Of course, his proximity to Paul Manafort doesn't look very good. Yeah. But with Michael Cohen pleading guilty to eight federal counts, one of those counts related to campaign finance violations. Oh. So in those tapes that he released where him and Trump are talking about paying somebody off, that's really bad for Trump. That looks really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's basically them saying like we can kind of hide this money and, and say that it's campaign violations when in reality they were paying somebody off to keep quiet during yeah. the campaign because it would look really bad for Trump. So, right. I mean, we're kind of we're, we're kind of in a middle ground position, but I feel like it's a really good thing to bring up.
0: You know, I don't know. Know, it's know, exciting, but to, I'm tentative. I yeah, I honestly haven't given it that much time because for me, it's like the talk is great, but I don't, you know, I, I've had my hopes up with that much with that stuff too many times. So it's just kind of like I'm not going to believe it yet until something more happens. You right. Know? I
1: mean, I'm I'm happy that these people are going away because they're shit people. Yeah. Um, I think Cohen doesn't know a what it pleadial. means for like our country yet. You know. Right, I mean, and I was having a conversation with a coworker earlier today where I was basically like, it's great, I'm happy it's happening, I do feel like it's one step closer, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think I had this expectation at the beginning of this presidency that when this shit started to hit the fan, that people on the other side, that you could kind of, that they would eat crow, that you could kind of be like, yeah, told you so, you know so what I mean? so many
0: things, but like he... Um, I mean, I've been talking about Keep It Weird a lot, our friends that we had our live show with, and they did a really great, they have a really awesome cult series that's kind of like ongoing with their show. And their most recent one, which I think was episode 51, is where they talk about like brainwashing in politics, especially with our current presidency. Right. And it's so fascinating because it is. Like, Trump you know it's kind of like you know how in like North Korea like they physically can't watch anything else but like the propaganda of North Korea well Trump has basically told everybody everybody that's not box news is lying to you so everybody oh yeah truth him, is not
1: the truth Rudy Giuliani literally said those words last week I know so. so
0: he's so his followers the people that believe in Trump are not going to be taking these things that are happening and saying oh my gosh I can't believe that happened there's going to be excuses made in other news um, coverage that's going to make it that's going to spin the narrative in a different way you know what I mean they're not willing to admit their faults yet
1: yeah I mean the Trump I mean not the Trump but the U.S. propaganda machine is really intense regardless like even Uh outside of this Um, presidency, it's super intense, but that kind of plays into another thing that I kind of wanted to touch on um, is QAnon. Have you heard about QAnon?
0: I have not. Tell me about it.
1: So QAnon is basically this group of like really loyal right wing Trump supporters who believe that someone... I think it started on the internet, like on like 8chan or something insane, or Reddit, uh-huh. where someone said, like, I have Q-level FBI clearance, which is... I don't even know if that's a thing. So he's like, I have Q-level FBI clearance, and I'm telling you that this whole Mueller investigation is actually a cover, and Mueller and Trump are working together to bring down Obama and the Clintons. So there's a bunch of people who legitimately with their whole heart and soul believe that this is an actual thing that's happening. And they're showing up at Trump rallies with these like QAnon t-shirts.
0: Oh my God. Right.
1: And they believe it. Like there's, you can read the most insane like threads on like 4chan or 8chan about how they 're losing friendships and they 're losing family members, and their wife is getting ready to divorce them because but no one will because understand the truth right I mean, totally, but like they 're seeing it as like, oh, everyone yes. else is just sheeple and they 're buying into this when this is really the truth, and they've're going to be vindicated red in the end
0: right yeah the red pill, and everybody else is not seeing the truth.
1: but what I love about it is that there's such a time limit to this, right, because in yeah. their minds, at the end of this Mueller investigation. They're going to be vindicated because the veil is going to be un- unlifted, and you were going to see that Mueller and Trump were on the same side all along. And that's not going to mm-hmm. happen. No, so it's not. I don't know what.
0: Yeah, there is a time limit for it,
1: but I don't know if that will. I mean, I really feel like it is cult mentality. I feel like people are so far gone at this point that yeah. even that won't be enough. No, like they'll still find another conspiracy. That's like,
0: well, well it, it panned out this way because so X Y Z, right? Well, that's what conspiracy theorists do. You know, they believe these really extreme out there things, which, you know, it's fun to learn about. But it's another thing when you start dedicating your belief system around these things. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a, an interesting thing to kind of keep our eye on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the things that are going on with Manafort, I really hope he gets the maximum sentence, which I think is like 18 years. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's trash. <laughs> and I'm I'm really interested to see the way the rest of this is gonna unfold yeah. while
0: keeping my expectations at an all time. At a low. minimum. Exactly. <laughs> I you know, we gotta keep our expectations low. Can't get hurt. So I can't, can't be hurt again. Yeah, I just can't set myself up for getting hurt anymore. <laughs> gotta protect my heart. I know. It's my heart. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Ms. Asia Argento. Oh, Have you been hearing the latest news, Keegan? Yeah. So we spoke about her in an episode. Oh, she was a WCW for us. Oh, my God. She was. That's right. Yeah, she was. And we also spoke about her because there was a... A time where she was feeling like she wasn't being like invited into the movement with open arms and she was having Even though she's
1: kind of a leader of the Me Too movement.
0: Right, right. So she was
1: one of the first to
0: really detail graphically what what happened. Harvey Weinstein had done. Yeah, exactly. So in a new turn of events, she allegedly has covered up A sexual assault with a seventeen year old named Jimmy Bennett, who I believe now Mm -hmm. is twenty two, but at the time of the assault he was that age. And And she was thirty seven. She was thirty seven. And so it seems like, you know, at the time the seventeen year old like went along with it, which doesn't mean that it's right. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that it's it's not still an assault and really wrong power. And I'm sure he still feels awful and taken advantage of. So I don't want to take that away from him at all. And I know that it was really hard for him. i read some articles. It was really hard for him to come out and talk about it. And what's really weird to me is that in 2004, he played her son in a movie called The Heart is Deceitful Above All Things. That's and gross. Like, there's pictures of like him and her when he is a baby, like, he's a little, not a baby, but, like, he's little. He's young. He looks like he's right. maybe seven or eight.
1: Yeah, and there's a 20-year
0: age gap there. It's insane. And so, like, there's even these text messages that leaked where they're talking and her, I don't know if it's her friend or her lawyer because, like, they're asking really smart questions. So, like, how are you going to explain the age thing because, I, like I think it's her friend. I read you the knew, same ones. Yeah, like, you knew that he was younger than you and she was like, well, I didn't know he was a minor until after the fact and then... And then she's like, well, and, you know, I was having sex with guys when I was, you know, 17 and they were my age, you know, and how in other countries p in, in France, it's fi- the the age of consent is fifteen. Yeah, and, I,
1: I didn't see know? all of those those text messages. I just feel like I don't know. It's a really tricky road to tread on because she yeah. says like oh nothing happened and there's pictures of them topless together where he has a yeah. shirt on and neither does she yeah and she's like well you, you can just see my tits that doesn't mean anything and I'm yeah. like you're topless with a 17 year old even yeah, if nothing happens a lot if we reverse the genders we wouldn't be thinking that this was okay yeah and I think it's hard because we talked about the MRAs in our last um or a couple of episodes ago, mm-hmm. and they are using this as a way to completely invalidate the Me Too movement. And it's such, it's so much like mental gymnastics yeah. to use it to invalidate the Me Too movement because it's still a person being assaulted, regardless mm-hmm. of the gender and regardless yeah. of the perpetrator. And Me's I me take think people it just as seriously. Yeah. And I think people have a really hard time. <clears throat> sorry. I think people have a really hard time acknowledging that someone can be a perpetrator and a victim at the same time. Yeah. And she could be both. And you can there's be. there's no reason that it should invalidate either experience. Nope. But I think she deserves to have
0: consequences. Right. We still do have to look at her differently. You know what I mean? Right. She no, she deserves consequences, anymore.
1: you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean she's a victim of Harvey Weinstein and her outrage over the way that she was treated is still valid, but yeah. that doesn't give her a free pass. To assault to else. to have done what she did, right? Because I mean, quite often a- abused people abuse others, like that exactly. happens quite often. But yes. that doesn't give the the abuser any excuses. Uh-huh.
0: You well, know? Uh huh. Well, years ago, I can't remember the year, but. She, there was like some sort of settlement where she paid him $380,000. Right. She's claiming that, like, oh, he's this poor failed child actor who doesn't know anything and he's. um, And he extorted her. He extorted her and that he was doing really badly financially and didn't have any money. And uh, she and Anthony Bourdain felt sorry for him. So they, like, wrote him this check or whatever. Like, not really implicating that it had anything to do with that necessarily even. Mm. Um, Which I think is bull because she knows the circumstances. At first, she's like, no, it never happened. And now she's like, well, it happened, but... Right. I think the truth is
1: probably somewhere in the middle. Like, I think that there is truth probably on both sides of that. Like, maybe they did give him money because he needed it and not as a payment, but regardless, the evidence and the, the way that she admitted to having, you know, interactions with him when he was under 18, she yeah. didn't admit that in text messages. Yeah. So regardless of why you gave him this money, whether it was a payoff or not, your actions are still inappropriate. Yes. So it doesn't really matter at the end yeah. of the day, you exactly. know? Yeah. Um, and, and it's really disappointing and, and sad.
0: And there's still money being exchanged where even if it on the outside was meant to be for something else, I'm sure that if he was like, you know, I need this money. I mean, even if there was like blackmail involved, I don't know. I'm not saying there was. I mean, I'm just thinking of all the different circumstances where she's like, well, I don't want this to get out. So I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that this doesn't go public. I mean,
1: and the, the the same thing applies to her that would apply to any man that we'd be talking about. Which is don't put yourself in that situation in the first place. Like you were yeah. the adult here, you are twenty years his senior. You were thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. He was a seventeen-year-old boy. Yeah. And regardless of his motives or anything that he may have done, yeah, you're the responsible you have party. To make the
0: right decisions, yeah, right, yeah, and, and not so put this is on you. Danger. Yeah. It At is. the end of
1: the day, this is on you. So no matter you what know. the
0: circumstances are, it still happened, and what right. she did was incredibly wrong. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I agree. So. I very much yeah, agree. Bummer, but it's yeah. But you know what? I'm happy that the story is out. I'm happy that male victims are being heard. Agreed. And understood. Agreed. So Agreed. I was I was glad to read it. You know. Yeah, I think it's important and I
1: hope that this makes, it might make, again, the same way it did for men with the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. it might make for a very uncomfortable conversation that needs to be had amongst women as well, like in society, uh-huh. um, but I think that it all needs to come out. I yep. think that men should feel comfortable if they felt victimized, yeah. that they need to come out and, and state that. Like I don't think that, the, it, just the same way I would encourage female survivors to do so precisely
0: um, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about because I have like one other thing that I could mention. not really yeah yeah what you I want to talk about a couple movies that have come out lately um, I don't really have any like real specific notes on this or anything I just wanted to talk about it there are two movies one is uh, Crazy Rich Asians hell yeah I cannot wait other, to go see that yeah me too and the other is All the Boys i Loved Before which I watched on the plane ride here how do you feel about it I mean, it's not my favorite movie in the world. It was cute, but like, it wasn't like, it was great. Okay, so you know how people always wear their shoes on like the bed or whatever in movies? Yeah. The older sister gets into her sister's bed with her shoes on. Oh
1: no! I would know. Be like, Bitch, take Get your, your nasty shoes ass shoes off. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, like gets in her bed and like pulls the covers up. I'm like, what? What? Like, no one's gonna point this out. I even looked online and like. No one said anything. I'm like, what is this? Um, yeah. I don't
1: know. There's weird shit that people do in movies that we tend to just be like, it's fine. It's and you're like, so uh.
0: weird. So there is a Vietnamese American main character in this movie. It is about a half white, half Vietnamese family. And um, the mother, who is the Vietnamese part of the family, has passed away. So it's, a, it's Aiden from Sex and the City is the dad, who I love. And I loved him as the dad in the United States of Terra, too. He plays such a he's great dad He's a good dad. dad. He's, he's I
1: mean, also um, my big, fat Greek wedding. Yes, thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love him. I can't remember his name, and I never can, but Jim I love him so Corbett much. Jim Corbett or something so, like that? Something like that. I just, I absolutely adore him. So he's he plays the dad. Um, and the author of the story is of Asian descent. I don't know exactly where she is from. And she's talking about how she really had to fight with Netflix to have a main, uh, her main female character to be of Asian descent. And they were like, well, it doesn't have to be. And she's like, well, no, but like, that's who she is. But why
1: wouldn't it be? Yeah, like, that's because the thing. that's like, what she was written, like, but it, it, that's it who is she is. so frustrating for me, and I can't wait for us to have an episode on casting issues, because mm-hmm. um, I'm getting back into acting, I'm trying to, and yeah. the fact that Netflix would come back and just be like, well, the default's white, so I don't understand, why does it have to be Asian? It's like, well, why does it have to be
0: not Asian? Yeah, exactly. I don't and I think, but I think that that, you know, obviously had an effect, so it, it worked, and it's it's great representation. It's a normal story. It even brings up the racism in um, Sixteen Candles. So it's just it's just a cute movie, easy to watch, good for just like a night in by yourself watching a movie or with your girlfriends. Like it's geared toward a younger audience, but it's just super cute. So cute. Um, and then I haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians yet, but I like that. That is it's like the first time in... Like they said, like thirty years or something, where it's like a mostly Asian American ensemble cast. Well, I think it's the first
1: time since like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that yeah. a movie has been this popular with an almost entirely Asian cast, which yeah.
0: is crazy. Well, that and again, that's the, case. the genre that it is is such a whitewashed genre. Yes.
1: Oh my god! Like I can't wait to see this movie because I feel like. Not only are rom-coms almost exclusively a white market, but also the fact that they they would take this kind of risk, quote unquote, Uh because we just we just heard what they had to do at Netflix to try and get this Netflix movie made. Imagine trying to make this kind of blockbuster rom-com, which rom-coms don't do that well anymore they don't make that much money anymore. I mean, and this with a fully Asian cast. This one, this is, one but is it's, it's the because first one in like People
0: want to see something different, you know. They they
1: do, but do you remember the 90s when rom-coms were fucking everywhere and like yeah. everyone went and saw rom-coms and that kind of died off and people stopped caring about going to see rom-coms like I heard right. the the number it was like this is the first rom-com to hit this much money in like a decade or more.
0: Right. <laughs> so yeah, it's really I exciting. Mean, I, I've i been enjoying all of the like romantic comedies on Netflix that have come out, like Set It Up and a few others. I really enjoy those a lot, and I'm wondering if maybe we are headed toward a new uh, wave of those. And with Set It Up, it's two white main characters, but then their bosses are Tay Diggs and Lucy Liu. Oh, yeah. I would love a resurgence of rom-coms. Like, I really yeah. would. And with more, like... Diversity. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah. and have, and new, new storylines and new, yeah, and not, and not having it be so typical anymore. Yeah. So. Cause
1: if, even if you look at the rom coms of the 90s, it's like the people of color characters are exclusively best friend characters. Yes. Always. Or the magical you know I mean? Negro.
0: Yeah. As we yeah. Talked about and on usually, this week's a,
1: usually, a woman in that case. Like, it was mm-hmm. like a big, big mama, comfortable. Yeah. Black woman would be your sage to give you advice, but I'm, I'm really excited to kind of see it pull away from that Mm -hmm. and to pull away even further where I want to see more, you know, mixed race, couples yeah, where it's not the subject of the movie or more mixed-race families in general because that's yeah, where we
0: are. I want to see more romantic comedies, too, with somebody who is a different size and that's not yes. the main part of the yes. story. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I feel like there's so many... Because uh, kind of like with The Magical Negro and for people of different ethnicities, uh, the like The Fat Friend, you know what I mean? There's always mm-hmm. that friend. Right. Other than them just being... A normal person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like they attempted that in their weird way with train wreck. But. Yeah. But one, Amy Schumer is not a big woman, despite what no. Hollywood would have you believe. And secondly, she's so problematic that it's.
0: Yeah. I mean, an it could have gone in a better way had she not have been problematic. It could have been a introduction to something. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, yeah. Had um, yeah. she not turned out to be so difficult and awful. So. I mean,
1: and I do like, I mean, to give Amy Schumer some credit, I do like that she's so comfortable and confident in her yeah. body, given yeah. what I know about, because people in the Midwest are like, what the fuck ever, Amy Schumer is like, not Normal. a big girl. Yeah. But, but as someone who lives in L.A. and has for seven years or more, more, almost eight years, and has yeah. worked or tried to work in the entertainment industry, uh, I give her kudos for being yeah. as brazen as she is because Same. they make me feel fat all yeah. the time, you oh know? Oh,
0: God, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, so... Well, that's all that I really wanted to say. Is there anything else that you want to add, Keeks? Um, that's really all I have. But I was thinking,
1: why don't we, since we are talking about movies, we got an email from M, who has written to us before. Yes, talking Would about. Would you like Blues. to read that? Yeah, yeah, I'll read it. So, in our episode about Manny, Pic- Manny, Manic Pixie mm-hmm. Dream Girl, that just came out on Monday. We talked about Blue is the Warmest
0: Color, and
1: we have never seen it. I don't even remember
0: it. talking about that. Yeah,
1: we did. We I'm talked sure i to, did. We talked, because we were talking about how manic pixie dream girls are typically very heteronormative, like it's usually yeah. a male-female relationship, and then we were like, well, we've oh, never yeah. seen Blue is the Warmest Color, and, you know, what's the situation with that, and maybe we should watch it, and uh-huh. then uh, M wrote us this email, so it says... Yeah. Hi, girls. Me again. Do I ever shut up? The answer is no, I promise.
0: <laughs> we don't either. It's all good. You should start a podcast, M. <laughs>
1: I loved your episode on Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Your comments were very insightful, and I felt myself nodding along as you spoke. Anyway, you brought up Blue is the Warmest Color, which is either loved or hated by most in the queer female identifying community, depending on who you ask. Essentially, it depicts the dramatic love story between a girl who identifies as a lesbian, blue hair, and another who identifies as bisexual, but is still discovering her sexuality. To give you the gist of the criticism, one, The sex scenes are very unrealistic for two young girls in high school Mm -hmm. slash early college with not a lot of sexual experience. Very porn-like, but well shot. Additionally, the director was accused of pushing the girls too far in some scenes, almost to the point of sexual abuse. Some comments came out that they would work extremely long hours and have to shoot the same sex scene over and over until they felt very vulnerable and uncomfortable. Though they are French actresses, you can still find articles and interviews with them in English. I could go on, but my plane is about to take off. If you wanted to cover this movie for a problematic fave in a future episode, it would be super interesting. Love Mm -hmm. you, girls, and keep up the good work. Forever raging, M.
0: We love you, M. Yeah, that would be a really great one to talk about.
1: I think so, too. And what I would love to do with that is maybe I could ask my friend. I have a friend who I had um, who's a lesbian who I had a really interesting conversation with a few years ago where we talked Mm -hmm. about lesbian porn. And I think I brought it up, and she kind of scoffed at it, and she was like, <laughs> "Yeah, lesbian porn," because the porn that you would see that's quote unquote lesbian porn on like Pornhub yeah. or whatever is not that. It's no, it's completely it's designed like two
0: straight women, or like, or it's at least uh, just all for the male gaze. Yeah, it's
1: completely designed for the male yeah. gaze entirely, which. I would question whether or not, even though I know that for a lot of people, blue is the warmest color really resonated in the, and for this girl who I'm talking about too, actually, we had a conversation about that. It really resonated with her community.
0: Yeah, the sex just wasn't realistic because, you know, it's like that's not what a first time is like, you know.
1: Well, and it also makes me feel really sad for them and uncomfortable if they had a straight male director who was pushing them. had them them do it
0: for. Hours, Yeah. Right.
1: Which to me is never, I mean, as an actor, doing that to your actors, even with with any highly
0: emotional or intense scene is bordering on abusive. I was just going to say, like, that is so abusive and awful.
1: Right. So to have them do it with a sex scene where you're already vulnerable and needing to be comforted, needing to be made to feel comfortable, not comforted, I guess, but anyway because you're in a really awkward situation surrounded by people being made to do things that you don't wouldn't normally do in front of other people that to force them to do it for hours is awful awful yeah
0: yeah just awful so um thank you so much for sending that in I would totally love to do that for a future episode I think that's a great idea me too have to watch it we got to talk to some lesbians we got to get our shit right and watch them interviews, for sure. Yes, for sure. So, awesome. Well, uh, before any of this could possibly go wrong, I'm going to send you this audio file, Keegan. Okay. So, let's, let's wrap her up. Okay. Well, hold on just one second. I just want to
1: give yeah. a quick shout out to Christina, oh, yeah. who I love very much, who subbed for me last week. Um, and oh, yeah I'm so we're best friends now her good I'm so glad <laughs> uh, the episode sounded great and you know I hope listeners if you liked that let us know for future when we go out of town mm-hmm. you know we're happy to try and, and and get some guests in here if you like a little change yeah. of pace because she did a great job and she I'm really did, grateful
0: she did amazingly and we had to record it twice so I got to see her twice and we got to create a great friendship and it really meant a lot to me and Yeah, it was a great experience for me all around. It was awesome. So So glad. So glad. Love you, Christina. So I guess with that being said, we encourage you to to rage rage on. on. Bye. That's going to sound so weird. (laughs) Bye.